Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome back to another episode of Inside Illini Football. I'm Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette. Across the lengthy table from me, it's almost like a round table. Pound, mm-hmm. but it's like a half moon table. There you go, half moon table. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of looks like maybe the state of Oregon. I guess you could say if you're looking at a map, maybe or Washington, yeah, kind of. I could see I that. Guess. <coughs> I could trying to that. give some visuals to our listeners. <laughs> Uh, Kyle Nikas, our beat writer, preps coordinator. What other titles do you have? Former copy editor. Yeah, that's that's about it currently. <laughs> master of all things that ever that uh, wind up in the pages of the News Gazette. Fresh off a trip to Vegas, Colin. Mm-hmm. Last time you went to Vegas, you left for like three months, but you it's came true. back after four days. I so did. I did return. You didn't make a lot of money. I take no, it down didn't there. Didn't make a lot of money. Couldn't couldn't quit my job don't think <laughs> i would have anyway um but yeah it was good uh good little time away and uh hopped right back into illinois football on monday for some uh, media scrumming post first scrimmage and going to go back over to memorial stadium later today although by the time many of you listen to this it'll be have already happened the latest media scrum which Proceeding uh, some nighttime practice over at Memorial Stadium tonight. When you say media scrum, mm-hmm. is it like those rugby scrums you see? <laughs> Nobody's late, fighting. Late at night in the morning, you know, they're jostling for position. Yeah, there is a little jostling for position. Usually we try to let the, the TV folks have better position because they have cameras to worry about. But other than that, Do they that, make you hold their microphones at all? No, they, do, they, they hold their own microphones. Okay. They do a great job of it, too. I that mean, happened to me a, one time. It's multi-talented, really. I had, I had yeah. to hold a local... <laughs> affiliate unknown unnamed affiliate i won't i won't out <laughs> them here on this <laughs> airways but they asked if i could hold the microphone while really I, yeah we were talking that was nice of you we were talking to nathan shieldhouse like seven or eight uh, eight or nine years ago that dates you a little bit yeah exactly but yeah good uh good to get media scrums back and uh be, be able to surround these athletes and these coaches brett bielema has made himself himself available quite a bit made his assistants available quite a bit and has made a, a whole host of athletes available for us to talk to so far. Although we don't know exactly what's going on because unlike no. the past years, COVID 2020 non-standing, mm-hmm. uh, training camp practices are closed except for about 10, 15 minute periods that they, they let you open up and it's basically just positional drills that you are, right. are allowed to see. But uh, I guess just what's your... What's your big takeaway, I guess, Colin, is, is we're in the second week of training camp and the, the season opener against Nebraska is, you know, a mere two and a half weeks away. Right. Yeah, I don't know if I have any major takeaway. I mean, like you said, you're just watching positional drills. Uh, you're not, you know, learning entire schemes or anything like that. And uh, Bielema and his athletes have kept it close to the vest on certain scheme-related questions they've been asked during this uh, training camp. Um, haven't really given too much away, mostly just saying wait and see on August 28th against Nebraska. 
which uh, Scott Frost probably bangs his hand on the table as, uh, <laughs> as he hears that every time, hoping something will slip through the cracks, but nothing really has yet. Um, so, yeah, I guess just biggest takeaway is everybody seems positively motivated and fired up, which, I mean, in, in your first year under a new coach, if you weren't, I would say that would be a huge sign of, of negatives to come. So the fact that things seem to be off to a good start and everybody seems to think this program is trending in the right direction is certainly a positive that's probably the biggest takeaway I'd have so far, just because, like you said, we're not getting to see a whole lot of practice overall. Um, it's kind of like during spring ball where it's stand Memorial Stadium for 15, 20 minutes, and, you know, maybe you'd see a guy play a different position group mm-hmm. or something like that, and that's really the biggest thing you would be able to take away. Well, they were able to get a scrimmage in on, on Monday. Uh, I know Bielema said that uh, I believe they got in, what, 72 plays in, in the yeah, first half? in the first and, half alone, uh, yeah. Just uh, a chance to actually scrimmage against one another, mm-hmm. uh, tackling uh, to the ground, except obviously not the quarterbacks because Brandon Peters won't get hit for the first time until <laughs> Nebraska. Uh, you hope so. 28. Yeah, exactly. He'll get hit a few times, I'm sure. Maybe maybe Doug Kramer will give him too big of a hug in their, <laughs> in their apartment they share together. Who knows? Um, but uh, I, I take it that, that Bielmo was, came away pleased with it, although obviously mm-hmm. still w- things to work on. And they are set to have another scrimmage, I believe, next Monday. This coming Monday, yes. yes. Yep, this coming Monday. And then they want to have what Bielmo termed a mock game eight days before the Nebraska game where – it won't be tackling because the NCAA rules now only uh, allow for two scrimmages that include mm-hmm. tackling and things of that nature, um, and they're going to use them on last Monday and this coming Monday. But for the mock game, basically what Bielema made it sound like was get the band in the stadium, get some cheerleaders in the stadium, probably get some um, some uh, staffers who mm-hmm. compose as fans in the stadium, maybe you invite family members, I don't know, mm-hmm. players' family members. Um, and try to simulate a little bit of a game environment, which actually, compared to you know the the environments of last season, mm-hmm. it'll probably be pretty close. Um, <laughs> you hope the environment at Memorial Stadium for the opener against Nebraska is a little louder and mm-hmm. better um, than than that. But even so, um, that's an opportunity for Bielema to get his coaches where he wants them to be, whether it be on the field or up in the coach's box. Uh, during that first scrimmage, they had everybody out on the field, is what we were told. That won't be the case during, I imagine that won't be the case during actual games. Some mm-hmm. coaches will be up in the press box. That's traditionally how that works. Yeah. Um, so I think that mock game is an opportunity for them to kind of finalize that system and, mm-hmm. and figure out who gets to go up in the box and things of that nature. I think early on in the scrimmages, getting the co- keeping the coaches on the field, especially as you're still finalizing your system with these athletes is a smart move just because it makes for an easier uh, communication mm-hmm. back and forth between the players and coaches. Is it hard to believe for you, Colin, that we're you know we're on episode 29 of, mm-hmm. of this podcast? We started this back in January. And yep. finally, you know, we're almost to game week. Yeah, uh, two and a half weeks in, until the opener. Uh, a lot, a lot of items we've written in the news mm-hmm. set about Illinois football in the last eight months since since Josh Whitman made the change from Lovey Smith to Brett Bielema. And, yeah, uh, it's almost here. I, yeah. I, I guess are you just eager for the opener to get here so you mm-hmm. can actually see what Brett Bielema's team is like, and then we can have some, I guess, some data, some, mm-hmm. some plays to to base it off of instead of just kind of 
sitting here opining and, and speculating about what exactly is going to happen. Yeah, I've said on this program before that obviously uh, this industry traffics in speculation. It's a big part of it, especially nowadays, but I would much prefer to have actual data points and things to look at, film to look at, stats to look at, especially stats. Love love good <laughs> good stat sheet. Uh, kind of sad that they took the uh, the spring game stat sheet off the Illinois football website for whatever reason. But um, did they keep stats in the spring game? Yeah, they did. Yeah, okay. for our, for our benefit more than okay. anything. I think okay. I don't think it's really for maybe for Bielema, but yeah. probably more for us than anything. But yeah, I, I am. Uh, I think relief's the right word, just because you're you're guessing so much and you're basically you're asking a lot of the same questions of these coaches and players over and mm-hmm. over again just in different forms yeah. the only things that really change are when guys get injured or position group changes mm-hmm. things like that i mean nothing else has really changed all that much you have mm-hmm. occasional coaching hires or staff hires a few additions of transfers like alec bryan who transferred from virginia tech announced it yesterday um other than that i mean they they're they're scheming, they're preparing, they're mm-hmm. sticking to not telling us anything about that before the Nebraska game. So really, what is there to ask about? So you just find different ways to ask the same question over and over again. So it will be nice you know, to have the lead up to game day where you're talking about Nebraska specifically and preparing mm-hmm. for them. Then the following Monday and Tuesday where you're hopefully coming off a win and talking about mm-hmm. the preparation for um, Texas San Antonio. Thank you, UTSA. Yeah. Don't forget about the Roadrunners. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I am definitely relieved and glad that we're uh, approaching week zero. Also, week zero is just weird, too, because... We're going to call no, it week one, I think. But. No other no other sport says it's week zero. Well, it's no. Just, it's, it's week one. It, it implies that it's like a preseason game, which yeah. it's not. Um, some injury news, though, you did mention, or uh, you did mention, you know, injuries are kind mm-hmm. of a big focal point of, of some training camps mm-hmm. as well. Uh, unfortunately for Illinois, Jordan Slaughter, who was in the mix to, mm-hmm. to potentially see some time along the, the starting offensive line, uh, suffered a broken ankle mm-hmm. last weekend. Is likely lost for the season. Uh, for the bad news for for the Belleville native and Belleville all tough product, uh, who has seen some playing time mm-hmm. in, in the in the recent past. Um, that being said, the offensive line, I would argue, has probably the most experience mm-hmm. of any position yes. group. Now, whether that's good or bad, that remains to be seen. Right. Um, but you've got three veteran starters there. In center, Doug Kramer. Right tackle, Alex Palczewski, who's coming off of a torn ACL that he sustained last November out at Rutgers. Uh, but all signs indicate that he should be ready to go for the opener. And then you've got Vidarian Lowe over at left tackle. Uh, Virtus Brown, who started last year at right guard, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's shifted over to the defensive side of the ball and the defensive line. Uh, so you've got an open starting spot there. And then Kendrick Green is going to be snapping the ball to Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger Already with the has. Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in this upcoming NFL season. So you've got two holes on the offensive line going to be filled by new starters. Mm-hmm. Um, I know our Scott Ritchie wrote about the offensive line, and I know Illinois released a, a video on social media of, of Bart Miller firing up the offensive line. Um, just from also watching some of his Zoom calls this past offseason, and Colin, you've had the chance to talk to him as well. I don't want to get on Bart Miller's bad side. No, his, uh, he's a his large man, and he could pancake me to the ground in he, like 
yeah, point his, two seconds. Yeah, his staff photo on the uh, Illinois football website is one of the most intimidating <laughs> staff photos I've ever seen. Every time I graze past it, it's like, okay, I need to go to a different part of the website. <laughs> otherwise, I'm going to get, like, the photo's going to jump out at me and attack me. I guess my big question is, is who fills those right. two kind of starting offensive line spots? Yeah, so obviously just uh, I'm scrolling through everybody right now just so I don't forget any names, of course. So you got Doug Kramer, you got Alex Pelchevsky, you got Vidarian Lowe. Um, obviously, Julian Pearl, Danville native, saw significant playing time uh, last season. Uh, Wrote about him in today's news because I yes. had to pick up a copy if you yes. haven't already. Especially after Palchowski went down with mm-hmm. his season-ending injury. A uh, guy we heard about a lot last year who couldn't participate was Blake Gerasati, the mm-hmm. Wofford transfer. I know he's a guy who's kind of been on that fringe mm-hmm. of starting. I would not be surprised if he finds his way into the starting lineup or at least very close to it, initial backup, mm-hmm. something like that. Got a guy like... Uh, uh, scrolling down, Alex Pilstrom. Alex Pilstrom. Mm-hmm. Thank you, uh, Alex Pilstrom, and even a, a guy like uh, Jack. But but uh, Jack. But we'll just call Bad- him Jack B. Jack Bedovinak. Bedovinak. There we go. I got through it. Uh, senior transfer, uh, former mm-hmm. Loyola Academy mm-hmm. uh, athlete out of Colgate. Uh, so uh, I would assume Blake Gerasati is going to get some important okay. re- important reps. I would assume that. Um, Pilstrom, maybe? Yeah, Pil- Pilstrom, I Pilstrom think. Pilstrom filled in last season when Kramer got knocked out because of contact yeah. tracing. And yeah, I would say Julian, yeah, I would say Julian Pearl and Blake Gerasati, I would think, would get some important repetitions. Uh, Bielema and his staff seem pretty impressed with Julian Pearl and what mm-hmm. he's brought to the table. They spoke pretty highly of him uh, and just what they, what they saw of him on film. And ever since they've actually seen him in person, they've mm-hmm. continued to speak highly of him. And then after that, I think Pilstrom's kind of your next man up. What's pretty cool, too, about... Uh, a guy like Julian Pearl and um, you know other former area high school standouts, and we kind of spotlighted the the ones that are on the roster. There's mm-hmm. six uh, on this Illinois football roster that uh, you know played high school sports in, at schools in the news because that's coverage area, and mm-hmm. it's it's pretty cool to kind of see the transformation of their bodies. Uh, yeah, I mean Julian Pearl. He's always been six six ever since I've known of him, and he came yeah. into our newsroom i think three four years ago for our face of the fall photo shoot he was a he, he was, was a tall big he was tall, a big boy for our last all area football shoot that he w- he was part of tall <laughs> tall but yet lanky sure and now he's huge yeah he's, he's jacked yeah six six three ten yeah uh, he's put on more than 60 pounds since he's gotten to to illinois i mean Caleb Griffin, I remember him <laughs> as like a sophomore in high school. He's like a string bean yeah. soccer player. And, I mean, he's, what, 6'3", 225 now? I mean. For a kicker, I mean, I know he's also a receiver. But for yeah. a kicker, it's pretty. Possible punt returner. Too. Yeah, possible punt returner, yeah. Bryce yeah. Barnes, I mean, he was a man among boys at the high school ranks. and mm-hmm. uh, Rocking a fierce beard game, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Making everyone in Ford County pretty proud with that thing, I, I would imagine. Yeah. But, uh, he's up to two fifty six two two fifty five. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just goes to show you once you get on campus here at Illinois, and, and this isn't you know a new thing by any stretch of the imagination. No, no. College programs have been doing this for years and decades, but the, Lou Hernandez did work with them early, and now Tank Wright's got a hold of yeah. them, and uh, they're continuing to see the gains. And it'll be interesting too, just to see how much those guys might factor into uh, a rotational piece with the different position groups. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm intrigued about Barnes uh, just because he's a guy that played as a true freshman in 2019, mostly on special teams, um, but then started two games last year at defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. And now he has joined a plethora of players, I guess, headlined by Owen Carney Jr. to this outside Gale. linebacker spot, as you would think. 
that means that Ryan Walters' scheme is going to be more of a 3-4 mm-hmm. yep. based. But, again, we'll, we'll know more answers in about 17 days. But that's just my kind of my kind of view on, on the local scene. It's always good, too, just for goodwill and, and optics to have, uh, you know, have coaches, area coaches say, okay, if you want to play at Illinois, mm. you know, it is a, it is a possibility. Yeah, Illinois. it's very important, I think, for, uh, like you said, uh, for you, you got to follow through on, you know, giving some of these kids a shot. I mean, obviously don't give kids a shot if they haven't earned it yeah, or if exactly. they don't look good. Or but I mean, but yeah, <laughs> but, but, but I mean, like a kid like Bryce Barnes, he, I thought he looked, he, he didn't look out of place at all in the games he played for Illinois, even as the season was at that point pretty well spiraling out of control and they were playing some tough teams Mm -hmm. in northwestern and penn state when he was getting on the field i thought he held his own just fine um i'm interested in his move to outside linebacker it's his third position (laughs) at illinois now he started as a tight end Mm -hmm. with a shaved head i think he's really glad that he got to grow out his hair again (laughs) as i could see in this photo along with the beard of course with the tight ends he had to shave his head and he was very awkward about that i remember when talking to him as a true freshman looked weird um but yeah (laughs) it's i I think i think blake uh, blake barnes i think bryce (laughs) barnes has earned uh some some chances to show himself off obviously with a very super senior and fifth year senior heavy Mm -hmm. lineup that won't always be easy to get time but we've seen in the past especially lately injuries can wreak havoc on a season um positions can change mid-season you could have COVID issues you hope you don't but it could be a thing breakthrough Mm -hmm. cases things like that so yeah we'll see what happens but just to round off the point on the uh, the size, the the growth. I, I look at these because I currently have the Illinois roster ordered by position on my uh, on my computer. Virtus Brown is still listed among the alignment, even though he's listed as a D lineman. Somehow, like my computer just didn't move him, but <laughs> it's weird. So the reason I bring that up, Virtus Brown and Ethan Table are listed right next to each other right now, and Ethan Table is a six foot, two hundred and thirty pound long snapper. If mm-hmm. if you have that guy running at you, I mean that's probably terrifying especially considering he played two games with a torn ACL yeah. last season but Virtus Brown at 6'4 345 if you see that on <laughs> the offensive line you probably run the other way yeah maybe I'm just not cut out for football that's, no, that's almost think, certainly true I don't think either of us are cut out. that's okay <laughs> we can still love the sport though yeah, um, absolutely. uh hopefully uh all you listeners follow Callan on on Twitter where he's he's very active um at seedlikusng uh but we record this on a Wednesday afternoon, Tuesday night, Colin, you were up in Bryce Barnes' old stomping grounds of, yeah. of Gibson City. Uh, Robin Schultz, our photo editor, was up there as well, taking uh, a couple photos of, of new Illini commit, Aiden Lawfrey, mm-hmm. standout senior running back for the Gibson City Melvin Sibley Falcons. And I was glad to see that he's carrying on the tradition <laughs> established by his predecessors like Mitch McNutt, Jaron Trantina, and mm-hmm. others uh, by putting a giant couch or <laughs> giant is that a couch or like a just a like part a of a couch it's i would part say. of a couch yeah. in the back of a pickup yeah um i guess give our listeners if you can what you understand as far as the backstory for that particular uh anemone finding itself mm-hmm. in the back of a pickup truck and also just update us on on law free as he gets ready for his senior season with the falcons which actually kicks off uh the same day that illinois mm-hmm. plays its opener uh, gcms hosts carlinville yeah. at 2 p.m on on saturday august 20th. correct yeah gcms has a strange schedule this year you think of small town gibson city traditionally just 
they're playing Friday nights no matter what. They got a few Saturday games this year, which is a little strange. But back to Aiden Lawfrey and also what you mentioned, the furniture in the back of pickup <laughs> trucks. Again, small town community. Uh, it's very common to for kids to drive hand-me-down pickup trucks. Sometimes they get you know nicer, mm-hmm. newer pickup trucks, but most most of the times, you know, hand-me-down pickup truck that the older brother, older sister, dad drove. Um, and you know, as seniors. The seniors will get a recliner, get part of a couch, and just ch- chuck it in the in the bed of the truck. And you know, when practice is over, everybody just you know goes to the parking lot, relaxes for a little bit. Uh, probably felt really nice yesterday because I actually ran into Mike Allen out there, the head coach, mm-hmm. and uh, he said he cut practice short yesterday because it was so dang hot yeah. out that the kids were just suffering. It he was... said it's not worth it. To, it was ninety with. I think all the humidity. He, yeah, heat index. Disgusting. I think in Champagne almost reached 110 yesterday. Yeah, so he just cut, and that was at six in the evening, mm-hmm. and he just said, "We're done with practice." So I'm sure the guys appreciated getting to sprawl out on their couches, but it's just something you know. Every community, especially smaller communities, have some identifying mm-hmm. factor. Maybe Gibson City's not the only community that does this. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some other similar thing mm-hmm. that communities do i think tuscola used to put like a couch near their football field well i mean you see that too on, on friday nights in the fall yeah. small small communities you know you, you see folks sit in their pickup trucks and mm-hmm. watch the game yeah. from uh, a safe distance away from the field so it's even better to do now in the COVID era exactly <laughs> but, but uh, aiden lawfrey what, what's the latest on on him ever since he picked yeah. illinois over iowa yep right which Everybody will appreciate here for forever and eternity, I think. <laughs> um, from what I can tell, he's healthy now. Um, the the biggest issue was that he had suffered a a lower body injury uh, late in his track season. Uh, held him out of the state track meet, but he's 100% good to go now. Been practicing with the Falcons regularly. Um, and a uh, big focal point with him, as it has been with a lot of the Illinois commits in the class of 22, has just been hopping on social media whenever you can. And whenever guys say they have Illinois in a final six, final four, final eight, what have you, just getting on those guys saying, come on home, come come be part of this program. He joined right in with that as soon as, as, soon as he verbally committed to mm-hmm. Illinois. So uh, it's easy to see him fitting in there. I asked him uh, yesterday when talking about him, you know, are, are you planning since you and guys like you and Clayton Leonard up in Gilman, mm-hmm. Uh, Iroquois West. Um, since you guys live so close, the U of I, are you planning on bringing some of your, you know, out of town classmates mm-hmm. uh, into your towns when you guys eventually get on campus? And he mentioned talking with Donovan Leary, the New Jersey quarterback, saying, "You ever need a home cooked meal in Gibson City? Come on over, we'll fry you steak, something <laughs> like that." So, might go against uh, Illinois' the, they can dietary. The re- they can sit in the recliner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It might in go the against pickup truck. Might go against Illinois' dietary policy at that point, but I I'm mean, sure you can't uh, beat a home cooked meal. I'm sure Aiden Lawfrey can introduce Donovan Leary to some finer points of rural East Central Illinois. Yeah, it, it's got to be experience a, in New Jersey. It's got to be an extremely different experience. I mean, when <laughs> when Aiden and I were sitting downtown and uh, I was interviewing him, uh, there was just there's I don't know how many speakers are in downtown Gibson City. Basically, if you just to paint a picture, if you've never been there, mm-hmm. the downtown area is like you would expect a small rural downtown yeah. area to be some two-story buildings. I think there might be one three-story building. It's a nice building. downtown. It's nice downtown. It's got brick, brick roads, roads all yeah. the way through. Uh, every every December, they put up a huge Christmas tree. Yep. Right, there, get, the right in the middle of the road. Right in the middle of the road. You have to drive around it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a railroad track right at the edge of the center of downtown before you get to the high school. But there's also just loudspeakers attached to a lot of the 
out the exteriors mm-hmm. of different businesses, and all of them are set to the same musical track, which yesterday was 80s power ballads. So nice. my background music for my entire Aiden <laughs> Lawfer interview is just 80s power ballads, just like blaring in the background. Make so sure you incorporate that in your story. I, I think I will have to. All but right. yeah, Aiden Lawfrey looking looking real good. I'm looking forward to potentially going to see his game, his opener against mm-hmm. Carlinville. That's a really good week one matchup, and it's on a Saturday after we go and see Arcola and Tuscola in the Cola Wars on Friday. So. All right, Colin, you ready for a draft this week? Sounds good. All right, we're going to uh, pick our 10 most important players on the 2021 Illinois football roster. Uh, this kind of is a, I don't know if it's a tease, I guess you could call it a tease, but uh, coming in Sunday's news gazette, Scott Ritchie and myself will count down the top 100 college football players going into this season. Okay. There will be an Illini on that list. I'm not going to give it away. An Illini. One, one. You can, uh, maybe he finds his name onto our list. I would hope so. Um, <laughs> that'd be, yeah, that'd be, be bad, though, if, uh, <laughs> if we didn't pick him and he winded up on I mean, him. you'll pick him at least. Yeah, I will, I, there's an easy chance I just dance because we know my history in these drafts. <laughs> I just kind of go all over the place. I'm going to pick somebody who graduated two years ago. Uh, don't do that, Colin. <laughs> um, all right, Colin, you get the first pick on the most important Illini on Brett Bielema's first roster. Don't say, like, Ethan Table. No. I know it's important I, I, to have a long snapper. No <laughs> offense to Ethan Table. Patrick Manley was one of the Bears' most consistent players was. forever. That's true. Um, and honestly, the Illinois' um, punt and kick has been its most consistent yes. unit for a while. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say Brandon Peters off the bat. Smart. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. Keeping him healthy has obviously been a big issue. Last year it was more of a COVID issue than mm-hmm. anything else, which was really unfortunate. Uh, before that, even though it's been other bodily injuries, mm-hmm. physical injuries, um, keeping him healthy. I mean, he showed flashes. Of, he showed more than flashes. I mean, he showed that he has what it takes to lead this team to victories, mm-hmm. not not just throwing the ball either. He showed he has the ability to run the ball now. I'm curious to see how much that gets incorporated into Brett Bielema and Ryan Walters, or Brett Bielema and Tony Peterson's new system, uh, especially with all the running backs in the fold. Yeah, you, you got to have your starting quarterback healthy. I know Art Sikowski would probably be a very, very suitable replacement mm-hmm. right behind him, but Brandon Peters is the guy. He's been positioned as the guy. They've been working on him so hard with getting his getting his communication skills up, getting his confidence up, getting him with the swagger of a QB one. To lose him at any point, I think would be pretty devastating to the Illinois offense. So I am going to have Brandon Peters as my number one pick in this draft. All right, I'm going to take another 23-year-old since Brandon Peters is 23. <laughs> That's and crazy he'll to think about. Turn 24 during the season, which is even crazier to think about too. But uh, my first pick, I'm going to go with Jake Hansen. That would have been my one B. <laughs> uh, he turned 23 back in late June. For all those wondering, but uh, the unquestioned leader of the Illinois defense Mm -hmm. who uh, decided to come back after initially deciding he was going to try to pursue an NFL career. Uh, I think he probably feels he has a lot to prove yet still. Here at Illinois, uh, he's obviously missed a season early on in his time uh, with a knee injury and then missed the final four games of the 2019 season with a back injury. But when he's on the field, he is among the most productive linebackers in the Big Ten. Some could argue the country, Mm -hmm. um, just based on his ability to take the ball away, whether it's forcing a fumble or picking off a pass. Uh, Some of the best moments of his Illinois career, as far as most win, the the, uh, large 
chunk of winning happened when he was making plays on defense and he's got a chance to just add even more to his legacy now that he's in his sixth season with the program and also a chance to really up his stock for the 2022 NFL draft Mm -hmm. this year so I would say arguably most important player on defense so I'm gonna go Jake Hansen with my number one pick I think that's a good pick um my number two pick, I almost hesitate to make it because of how loaded the running back room is, but I'm still going to. Mm-hmm. I think Chase Brown, you just considering how good he was last season, mm-hmm. he was one of Illinois' most consistent offensive players. You could say he's the most consistently successful offensive player. Um, and he's just oozing with confidence right now. You can tell whenever you talk to him, he's ready to carry the ball 50 times a game <laughs> if you asked him to. I don't think Brett Bielma's ever going to ask him to carry the ball 50 times a game yeah. unless they go into sextuple overtime or something like that. <laughs> But you could just tell Chase Brown, another one of those guys who the body has gotten bigger. I feel like even though he can go horizontal and vertical, we're going to see him plow up the middle a little more and, and try to run some people over mm-hmm. this year. Um, you know, if he's not around, if he suffers an injury, what have you, worst case scenario, Illinois' running back room is not barren. We're mm-hmm. well aware of that. Chase Hayden, hopefully Mike Epstein, Reggie Love, guys like that can step up. But. Chase, um, uh, Chase Brown for the impact he had last year, the confidence he's playing with right now, I think uh, is an extremely important part of the Illinois roster. Uh, my second most, imp- or for my second pick, um, I'm going a little, I guess, unconventional. That's good. Uh, maybe, I like unconventional. <laughs> maybe maybe this is too soon for, for this type of pick, but I'm going to go Art Sitowski. Okay. Uh, just based on the fact that Brandon Peters has not been able to play an entire season at Illinois, uh, whether it's with injuries or, like you said last year, with with COVID, um, to me, quarterback is the most important position on a on a team. They kind of dictate how the whole entire program works. I know that's yeah. a lot of pressure placed on on just one particular athlete, and and like Brett Bielema's, Brett Bielema's Brett Bielema's Brett mentioned, and I'm sure we'll mention again. You know, there's there's too much credit given to quarterbacks when teams win and there's too much blame placed on quarterbacks when teams lose but um given the fact that brandon peters has not made it through an entire season and arguably each year too the starting quarterback struggles here in champagne the most popular person in town is the backup quarterback and mm-hmm. by all indications Zatowski fits the bill for that um it's going to be interesting just based on the fact that he has starting experience in the Big Ten being at Rutgers and after his dreadful freshman season where he threw the ball more to opposing defenders and to his own receivers at times it seemed at Rutgers. Uh, you hope he's moved on and, and learned from that. That was in 2018. He's proven he, he's been around the college game now for a few seasons. He knows what it'll be like to be the guy at quarterback if he is so called upon and also too just whatever reps he could get this year let's say Peters does play the entire season is healthy the whole season whatever reps he can get should aid him more in in 2022 moving forward when Illinois is going to lose on lose so many veteran players Mm -hmm. off this roster and and he's going to have to probably take even more of a a greater role in 2022 so i'm really curious to see what how his season unfolds and then how he's used if he's needed in an emergency mm-hmm. or if he just comes in and, and mop up duty as sure. well 
Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. All of that was, everything was a good point. You don't have to say that, Kyle. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> um, my third pick may be a little unconventional as well. I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with Tony Adams. All right. Um, I'll tell you why, because he projects to play at cornerback this year. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, Illinois secondary just wasn't very good last mm-hmm. year. Part of that, you can contribute to injuries, certainly, yeah. the entire defense for that matter. Um, but especially, you know, with a guy like Nate Hobbs on the outs, and you've got so many question marks in that secondary among cornerback and safety, guys who could factor in, but mm-hmm. you don't know with 100% certainty. I mean, you probably get a Sidney Brown in there. You probably get a Prather Hudson in there. It sounds like you get a Quan Martin in there. Um, those guys are all projected at safety, actually. But there's just so many question marks at this point um, with that secondary, and it's a position group that got exposed last year but tony adams was solid um he wasn't perfect nobody was perfect back there but he was solid he's got another year of experience under him uh he's one of the most experienced Mm -hmm. defensive backs in that entire rotation i think if illinois is going to stop the pass do a better job of stopping the pass especially over the middle of the field um i know that's more probably falling on your linebackers but certainly he'll have a role in that as well Mm -hmm. um Tony Adams has to play well, uh, yeah. just on a consistent basis. He has to stay healthy. He has to play well. Um, so I'm going to take Tony Adams with my third pick. Solid choice. So I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, a guy that really opened eyes last year, uh, he'd been long thought of as based on his potential and, and recruitment of him coming out of high school in Miami. Uh, Owen Carney Jr., uh, second team all mm-hmm. big 10 pick last season had uh, seven sacks in, in only eight games last season um, curious to see what he's like as an outside linebacker and how Ryan Walters really utilizes his ability at all I mean, he's 6'3", 275 that's not typical numbers you see mm-hmm. for an outside linebacker so I'd imagine you'd see him with his hand more in the ground than you know in, in coverage at all but that's a chance too for, for Carney to develop that game and, and make him even more appealing in the eyes of, of NFL scouts and, and general managers, um, when Illinois has a consistent pass rush, that benefits the rest of the defense. It allows the secondary to stay on their man longer, uh, to be in certain areas of the field longer if the, the defensive line is, is getting after the quarterback and, and causing havoc too. And also as well, you know, his ability to contain the run on, on the outside uh, will be mightily important as well because as we saw last year, teams could just gash Illinois at times, and that's been an ongoing trend. It's not like that's anything new right. here. Uh, so if the defense really wants to kind of take a leap forward under Ryan Walters, how Owen Carney fits into those plans I think is, is mighty important. Yep, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, I think with my next pick, I'm also going to go on the defensive side of the ball to Owen Carney's former position group. Um, I'm going to tab Rod the Bod Perry with my <laughs> fourth overall pick, uh, especially on the defensive line now that kind of seems a little shallower in depth now that you moved a couple guys to the outside linebacker group. Um, I think the presence of Rod Perry is more important than ever. He fit right into Illinois after mm-hmm. transferring from SC State. Um, and I mean, really, I think the the sky's the limit for him this coming season. When he ultimately decided to come back, I, I think he realized he could do some some big things uh, at Illinois with with a second season. He showed he could hang with Big Ten competition more mm-hmm. than hang in the first year. 
Um, and, you know, especially with how beat up Illinois' defensive line has been in recent years, you think about a guy like Jamal Woods who just cannot seem to stay mm-hmm. healthy. Um, that makes the presence of a veteran like Rod Perry, who seems fairly durable. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he missed the final two games of last season, but he still seemed fairly durable. His presence is even more important on that defensive line, especially as well while you're trying to adjust to this new system where you've got outside linebackers involved as well. So I'm going to take Rod Perry fourth. Uh, I'm going to take Isaiah Williams with my fourth pick. Um, mm-hmm. Very eager to see what he can do uh, as a wide receiver uh, this year. If he if he cracks the starting lineup, how he's used, how often they, they throw the ball to him, how often they give him the ball in, in a running situation, what creative ways Tony Peterson can use. Do you see him at, in, in a wildcat formation uh, behind center at all at times? I mean, he's he, he can throw the ball. He's proven that because he was yeah. a starting quarterback last year for, for four games for Illinois. Um, also, too, just – he said all the right things during this offseason. So is Brett Bielema about the position change and how he's kind of embraced that role as well. Eager to see, too, if he doesn't get the ball, you know, a lot in, in a game or two, how he handles that and, and how he lets that affect his play at all, too. Sure. And just from an overall optics standpoint, too, I mean, when Isaiah Williams committed to Illinois back in March 2018, I was kind of seen as a, a landmark day for the program to get a, a highly coveted recruit like that out of St. Louis and. Um, I think if you asked Isaiah Williams, his college career so far hasn't gone according to what he probably thought he could do, oh, especially after like putting up such gaudy numbers at, at Trinity Catholic. And, and now this chance to uh, have a difference still, just in a different role on the Atlanta offense, I think is going to be um, going to be a struggling to watch, you know, all season. And, and the wide receivers room is, is kind of unproven. Yeah. As well, you've got Casey Washington back uh, after he left and then came back <laughs> and entered the transfer portal and then brian hightower uh we saw glimpses of it at times last season in his first full season after transferring from miami and uh williams i think can just you could line him up in the slot mm-hmm. you could throw screens to him see what he does in the open field you could see if he could stretch defenses as well um just very eager to see what he does now uh for this online team yep that's a good pick to round you don't have out. to think every pick's good, Colin. I mean, uh, you've taken a lot of picks that I was going to take. <laughs> um, so I, I think they are good. But with my fifth and final pick, I am going to go stay in the trenches. Uh, going to go with Doug Kramer sure. on the offensive line. You're starting center of so many games. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have that safety valve in Kendrick Green anymore, a eventual NFL center who you mm-hmm. can have, which how bizarre is that to think about as a side tangent that, Doug Kramer was starter over a guy who was now an NFL starting center yeah. as a first-year player. What a bizarre That's set of true. circumstances that is. But back to Doug Kramer. Um, don't have that safety valve. He missed games because of COVID last year, mm-hmm. contact tracing more specifically. Um, and Illinois ultimately was fine because you had Kendrick Green to replace mm-hmm. him. If Doug Kramer goes down this year for any reason, I'm not saying there's nobody to replace him. Yeah. I mean, they've got so many offensive linemen. There's got to be somebody who can snap the ball. Um, but Doug Kramer t- knows how to. He knows exactly what he's doing. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been a starting center for almost his entire college football career. He's got it down to a science. Um, I imagine he's a pretty smart kid. I imagine he picked up this system, this new system, probably among the quickest of anybody on the offense. Um, I, I just I don't know what what potential disarray the offensive line could find itself in if Doug Kramer misses any extended time. I'm sure they'd find a way to fill in for him, but you just can't. It's one of those things where, you know, the quarterback gets a lot of a lot of love or a lot of hate, like you said. 
I think it's pretty much the opposite for a guy who's a center. I mean, you don't notice him ever. Um, <laughs> unless and, he has a bad snap. Yeah, unless he has a bad snap. And uh, I, I think Doug Kramer, um, his, his presence on this team is uh, instru- going to be instrumental to just making sure the offense runs smoothly. Mm-hmm. All right, my fifth pick. Um, I'm going to venture a little outside the box again, okay. I guess. But uh, he's important. He's won games for Illinois in, in the past. He's been lifted onto the shoulders of his teammate <laughs> after a very important win two years ago, and, and that's James McCourt, uh, the veteran kicker for the Illini. He's also 23. Uh, if you see a trend here, that's that. He'll, yeah. he'll, he'll turn 24 during the, the season as <laughs> well. Um, he's made long kicks before. I don't think you have to question whether he's out of range at all. Um, he's made important clutch kicks. We saw that against Wisconsin and 2019 we saw that last year at at Rutgers but I think for me the biggest aspect when it comes to McCourt this season is just a more consistent approach with his field goals Uh, he's entering his third season as a starting kicker in 2019 everyone remembers what he did uh, against Wisconsin and rightfully so but he was only 13 and 19 on the season last year if he doesn't make that kick against Rutgers who knows when Illinois might if they if they don't win a game next last year, who knows? Because they, they used that win at Rutgers to springboard into a, the win the following week at Nebraska. Uh, he was only 6 of 10 last year on field goals. So while he has shown uh, a tendency to nail pressure pack kicks and also long kicks, I think for me it's just nailing the, the routine kicks. And, mm-hmm. and with a new offense and a lot of questions about what that's going to look like and, and you you're going to have to expect some growing pains because they're operating in a new system, even with the the returning players that they have back at Illinois, uh, taking advantage of any and all opportunities to add points to the scoreboard is, is going to be vital for, for the Illini. So uh, James McCourt, uh, my fifth and final pick of our 10 most important Illini players going into the 2021 season. There are a lot of guys that we could have picked. Uh, don't, don't feel bad. I know they're not, li- <laughs> they're not listening to this, but um there's, there's a lot of just really important players to this team considering how many guys are returning from last year's team. Um, and I'm curious to see how how everybody fares in this new system and see just, just see if this team can follow through on any of the potential that maybe was left behind from the Lovey Smith era. Well, we'll start finding those answers out very soon, Colin. So, uh, again, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week for another episode of Inside Illini Football.